why do we tuck it away? Right. We tuck it away for different reasons. So so one being, I think it is kind of human nature. It's like back to the Garden of Eden. Right. Like hide my shame. Don't see me. Don't really know what's going on. I'm going to play good. Um, but I think also it is sometimes our systems just don't know what to do with it. They don't know how to integrate it into our everyday experience. And so we don't know kind of how to how to make sense of stuff. And when it feels overwhelming, would rather avoid it or would rather fight it or would rather you know escape from it. Um, so we go into that fight or flight mode if we have to address it. EMDR, cognitive behavioral therapy, biofeedback and neurofeedback therapy. What do all of these modalities for therapy have in common? They all help with trauma. And my guest today, Michelle Croyle, is going to speak with us about trauma and explain what it is and how it affects the body. Michelle is a licensed professional counselor in private practice where she specializes in treating anxiety and trauma in Christian women. Michelle is certified in EMDR, which is an evidence-based trauma treatment modality. She is a wife and a mom of three young adults, a dog mom of two, and Michelle likes to offer practical steps to help women overcome the things that hold them back and heal the pains of the past to move into their best life yet. Michelle also has a great podcast called the Mental Health Christian Podcast. So make yourself a mug of tea or pop those earbuds in and go for a walk because this is going to get deep. Are you a Christian woman over 40 who is struggling with consistently low energy and fatigue? Are you tired of trying to navigate the ever-changing health chatter all around you? And do you wish there was a simple solution to just feeling good? Boy, do I see you and I hear you. Hi, I'm Michelle, and as a holistic health coach and fellow midlifer, I have realized the answer to our whole health concerns isn't in the online search bar, those fad diets and endless exhausting workouts. Listen, beautiful mama, as the heartbeat of your home, you have spent your life caring for others well. So now is the time to take good care of yourself, get back your energy and reclaim your entire health during this season. So if you are ready to stop striving and start thriving as your healthiest whole self, then you are in the right place. Grab your iced coffee, a notebook and pen, and let's treasure your wellness. All right, everybody, welcome. Today, I am so excited. I have a special guest. Michelle Coriel is a licensed professional counselor and host of the Mental Health Christian podcast. We are going to dig deep into some really, really good topics. So I am so happy to chat with you today, Michelle. Welcome. Hi, thank you. Okay, well, first, I just want to jump right in and just tell everybody how much I love your podcast because you bring a no-nonsense approach to mental health, which is a really difficult topic. It's a difficult um, profession, I'm sure, but you bring it in such a no, uh, such a digestible way, I guess I would say. Thanks. Yeah, I really feel like you give women hope that they really can feel better mentally and emotionally, but you also at the same time give them options to look into. Like yeah. I did an episode on EMDR, uh, for instance, which I know that we'll probably get into that in a little bit, yeah. but um, let's just get started. Can you tell us what brought you into a career in mental health? 
Um, so pretty much uh, in high school, I was looking through Christian college catalogs. I wanted to go to a Christian college because I didn't go to a Christian um, uh, high school. And I found Messiah College. Uh, it would just happen to be this, this catalog that I got. And I'm looking through it. And it said behavioral sciences. And out of everything in that catalog, that was the only thing I really wanted to do. And I said, that's exactly what I want to do. I want to help people. I want to help people. And then I went for my first semester and it was um, not something that I was prepared for. Um, I had a lot of fear and anxiety being away from home and uh, just it, it was it was rough. That first semester was really rough. And so I made my minor, which was communications. I made that my major because I thought I could handle that better. I was having like an existential crisis. So going into like sociology and things like that was just, it was too much for me at that point. And so I ended up graduating with a college um, degree in communications and in public relations. And then after my second child was born, uh, my grandfather had passed away. I had had high blood pressure in my pregnancies. And, you know, there was a very real threat of loss of life for myself or my kids. Thank God that didn't happen. Um, but about six months after my second child was born, I ended up having panic attacks. Like in the middle of the night, I woke up once. And another time I uh, was just watching television. And all of a sudden I got really hot and really panicky. And something wasn't right. And from childhood, I had had some... Um, some anxiety issues, some separation anxiety, like going to kindergarten and things like that. So I think there's probably a natural background of uh, just having a more heightened nervous system um, that just certain experiences kind of heightened its reactivity and all of that. Um, but I noticed that I needed some skills. So I sought out help and ended up feeling the calling to go back to what I thought was the calling in the first place, which was going into behavioral health and mental health and all of that. And now God's using it to be able to do the Mental Health for Christian Women podcast, which is kind of funny because it goes back to my communications roots. And, you know, it, it, so it's God wove it all together and it's really cool, but it's just um, it's been a long process to get here. And I'm grateful to finally be here because at one point I was having so many emotional um, issues that I remember sitting in the car and going, um, I, was, I was ready to drive somewhere. And I was like, man, I've been suffering for like a year and a half now. Um, this was before um, before the panic attacks had started. And I was like, you know, I've been suffering for a while now. And like, what's God going to do with this? And I just heard the Holy Spirit whisper, you know, that he was going to make good from this. And I was like, you are okay. I'll trust you, you know, and then here, here he's using it to help other people. And I think the reason that I can be so practical is because I've been through it and I don't need it to be extra spiritualized. Not that it's not a spiritual battle, of course, but you know, it, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but I think sometimes the enemy likes to keep us um, thinking that we're wrestling against flesh and blood when we, uh, I mean, against um, the spiritual stuff when actually there is a physical problem. <laughs> and so um it's kind of, it's kind of, he's sneaky and he tries to steal, kill and destroy. And God has given us freedom and victory and ways to heal things. And he has made a miraculous body. And so knowing the science behind things and knowing the miraculous of the body allows us to heal the nervous system and the trauma that's stored in our system. And therefore we can actually get free and God has freedom for us. So it's like this beautiful thing. And so I like to bring kind of the practical part to it. It's like, wait a minute. 
that's not the fight that you're fighting. You think you're fighting that fight, but what you're actually fighting is this, and this is a learned survival mechanism. And if you can kind of get that processed, then you actually do have the freedom that you already have in Christ, and then you can move forward. So I don't know, that's a, that's a long-winded way to say all of that, but that's how I got into it. And that's why I do what I do, because I want people to have freedom like I've found. And God has given me that, and I'll I'll help anybody that I can help with that information. No, I love that because there's an amazing book um, called The Body Keeps the Score. Yeah. I love yeah. this book so much. And I, it took me a solid year and a half to digest this book because it was so in depth. It was, it just really does explain so much about how our body holds on to those traumatic experiences, even um, if we're not acknowledging them. Right. So can you actually talk about that? Can you talk about how our body physically and emotionally can hold on to those traumatic experiences, even when we've just decided to ignore them and tuck them into the corners (laughs) of our mind and forget about them? Yeah. Well, so why do we tuck it away? Right. We tuck it away for different reasons. So so one being, I think it is kind of human nature. It's like back to the Garden of Eden. Right. Like hide my shame. Don't see me. Don't really know what's going on. I'm going to play good. Um, But I think also it is sometimes our systems just don't know what to do with it. They don't know how to integrate it into our everyday experience. And so we don't know kind of how to how to make sense of stuff. And when it feels overwhelming, would rather avoid it, or would rather fight it or would rather, you know, escape from it. Um, So we go into that fight or flight mode if we have to address it. And if instead of going into the fight or flight, we could compassionately address it and notice what's going on. Then we can sit with the uncomfortable feelings and bring truth to it and use strategies that can actually help us. But it's all built in survival. So survival is, you know, if there is something that is overwhelming or for too long we've had to deal with too much um, or we didn't have enough resources at the time that we went through something, it's it's going to overtake our system. And that can be when we were like younger and developmentally not able to handle certain things. So if we're developmentally, let's say three and something happened that scared us and we didn't have a caregiver to come over and say, oh, it's okay. That's not going to hurt anymore. You know, uh, we're going to protect you. There's no monster in the closet, so to speak and such. And instead we were left with that terror. Anything that comes up that kind of gets flagged as that terror could get stored in our system as now that's scary. Now that's scary. Now that's scary. And so is our systems trying to stay safe and survive? That's a base part of our our makeup. It's like if a deer comes out in front of you, you swerve immediately. You don't think, oh my goodness, is that deer like a shade of tan or beige or brown? Like you don't care about the nuances. You just care about swerve, don't hit the deer or hit the deer, don't hit the house or, you know, whatever those big things are. But in the in the body, all of those hormones go, I think it's like, I just heard this recently and I don't know how I had gotten to this point in my career and not heard this, but I think it's like 1500 or more different chemical type reactions happen in the body when we go into fight or flight. Mm. So that's like huge. All these things are changing in our systems and we're expected to just go back to normal. So in as we shake it off, another one is, um, I believe it's waking the tiger is another good one. It's like animals can shake off the trauma and go back as if there's no, you know, no 
no thing that they have to hold on to or compartmentalize and tuck away. They move on with life, the threat's over. But our systems don't know that the threat's over sometimes because they're so stuck on survival and the fact that, oh my gosh, there was a deer. Okay, like if we don't have the context to say, oh, but that doesn't normally happen or, oh, I can be careful, but a deer's not gonna jump out in front of the car you know, every day on the way to grocery shopping or whatever, we don't have a context to put it in. That's kind of what's happening. We, if we have a context or we have someone who came in and gave us skills when we were younger or skills that we've developed and we know this doesn't happen all the time or experience from lived experience, then it's not so scary to pull it out of that part of ourselves that we kind of tucked it away into. We can handle it. But when we don't know how to handle it and we still don't feel like we have the tools in the present, it like relives it's it's as if it's in the past, but we don't get the timestamp. Our brain doesn't do the timestamp and time gets warped when we're in fight or flight because our logic system goes offline and the part of the brain that, that puts the timestamp on and says, oh, this happened maybe a week ago or two weeks ago or whatever, it doesn't get the timestamp. And so we're stuck kind of going, I feel like there's something going wrong now where we're really safe in the present moment. And that's what trauma is. So that's why we... We don't deal with it because either we're not looking at it because we don't know how to deal with it, we're avoiding it, um, we're too afraid, or our system just shuts down as a protective mechanism so we can go on and survive without it. Right. And I think that the majority of people are walking around around with unresolved trauma from childhood or whatever. And, yeah. you know, we're kind of beating ourselves up when you say that, like, why can't we get past why do we always react this way? Or why do we always, and, yeah. and there's really, there's always a root cause, right? There's always a root cause for everything in our physical, mental, spiritual, emotional health. And yeah. so we're really doing ourselves a disservice when we don't do the deep dive to figure out why were we reacting this way? Um, yeah. So I think that surface level most of us would agree and maybe understand that maybe some of our unresolved childhood trauma is affecting us even now as adults. I think we get that in intellectually, we get that, but we don't always want to deal with it, right? Yeah. So yeah. I'd like to talk about when does it become more toxic to us and something that can no longer be ignored? Like when can we just yeah. throw our hands up and say, I need help. I need to fix this. Yeah. Well, so the typical answer that I give people is, you know, you come into therapy because the coping skills that you had organized your life around that worked in the past don't work for you now. Okay, so we might have been like, okay, well, I've avoided this, I've avoided this, I've avoided this, now it's intruding, or now I'm having nightmares, or now I can't get past a certain thing, or I'm always anxious in this situation. And so the things we did to contain it and make it more manageable so we could go on with life aren't working for whatever reason. And when that happens, that's often when people pick up the phone and call and they go, I don't know, I just can't get past this now. This happened a long time ago. I don't know what's wrong with me. Like, why am I still going back here? Something's wrong with me. I don't have enough faith. I don't, um, I, I should be over this. I don't know what to do. I just can't stand this. What do we do? And so it's, it's saying it's okay. If it came up, here's, here's the big piece. It's not about healing it all at once, even though that'd be great. The big piece is saying, if something is bothering you and it is interfering with your life, interfering with your quality of life, it's past time to seek out help. 
not because you're bad, not because you can't do things and not because you, you know, you can't take steps on your own, but because why go it alone? And, you know, there are people who study this, who are trained in this. People will come into me and it's not like I'm a miracle worker. God's the miracle worker and he knows how the body works. I just have studied the stuff that we know works. And so if you can get with somebody who has spent the student loans and spent the hours of training and spent the time with people who can sit there before you and say, oh, here's what's going on. All of a sudden, you don't feel crazy anymore because and that's what my, you know, my podcast mental health for Christian women and the tagline is no more crazy lady. It's not calling the lady crazy. It's the crazy that is around us that we feel like, why am I stuck in this crazy cycle? Like I'm this lady who should be able to handle this, but it's it's crazy making like, why am I still hitting against this on a day to day basis? And that's what I do for my clients. And that's what I try to do on the podcast is say, it's not about you being faulty or wrong or insufficient. It's about you being wounded without the stuff that can bring healing to it. And I know how to get you the things that are missing. And I can conceptualize this for you so that we're speaking English and not some scary foreign thing that seems to have invaded your system. We just go, so what's coming up? Oh, how is that trying to protect you? And then how can we manage that in easier ways? And there are, of course, treatments for different things, different ways to go about it. Um, but I call it a lot of spaghetti. We have a lot of spaghetti trauma threads, and we can kind of untangle our spaghetti noodles in many different ways to get to a clean plate. But we have to do it based on the individual's needs because everybody's unique and comes in with a different set of factors. So different belief systems, different upbringings, different experiences, different genetic makeup. And so we're trying to look at the whole picture, you know, even different spiritual beliefs. You know, there are some people who um, are raised Christian and then they come in and like they're really struggling with, well, my faith doesn't seem this or why am I not healed here? And we just kind of look at the big picture, all the parts of life and say, what's going on here? And how can we give you the best help? And I think that's just it, is when you realize you need help, you've probably needed it. I think they say it's like 12 years people suffer before reaching out sometimes. Because, you know, we're so good at persevering and keeping on. Um, and it's like, no, just just make the call. I know it's scary sometimes, but, you know, you don't have to accept the first person. If the person isn't a fit for you, find somebody else because there's there's a fit out there. It just might take some time and trial and error, but uh, you're worth it. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, sometimes Christians can be a little guilty of feeling like they should have it all together. Um, yeah. And m maybe more Christian women specifically, um, just in my experience, they feel that they should have it all together and they kind of beat themselves up and belittle themselves. And that's really not what God wants for them anyway. So, right. and that's kind of the whole point is we can't have it all together in our own strength. <laughs> so right. We need each other. We need God. It's kind of like the opposite of what is actual healing. Yeah. Right. I mean, the body of Christ, we all have our unique gifts and yeah. you know, we're, we're almost like rejecting God's offer of healing when we refuse to seek out help in a way. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. It's, it's another way to be a wise steward. Yeah, exactly. I agree. I agree. Yeah. So, you know, this trauma topic is just so wide. It is just, the net is so wide it is 
there could be traumatic experiences from anything, uh, really. Um, but one thing, you know, as you alluded to earlier, is it definitely affects our body on a physical level. Um, what would you say are some of the signs, like the warning signs of how unresolved trauma, swallowing it down, stuffing it down, yeah. sweeping it into the corner of our mind, how is that affecting the body on a physical level? So basically it's, it's causing us to uh, hold on to the energy of what has happened is so when we have trauma, it gets stuck in our systems. Like people think that it's like, oh, hey, there's a memory. It's like a memory bubble and it's just right there. But it's actually stored in many different ways in our system. And so it's stored in how we, at the time of the trauma, and again, trauma doesn't have to be something that's like a huge deal like the terrorist attacks on 9-11. It can be that mom wasn't there while I really needed her and I was scared in kindergarten. I mean, it can be that because wherever you are, whatever was too much for too long or you didn't have enough of that, is trauma and they call them big T traumas or little T traumas. It doesn't really matter. It, anything that was too much for our nervous system, we had to survive left to our own devices and that wasn't enough can be trauma. And so no matter what situation you were in that you consider trauma, what's happening in your system is that you are encoding um, by what you feel in the moment. So what your feelings and emotions were, what you saw, what you heard, what your body was doing, um, whether there was like a rise in your in your temperature or your um, fight or flight. Like when you go into fight or flight, the digestion changes, the, the blood flow is diverted to your limbs so that you can take, you know, fight or, or take flight. And so your whole system kind of organizes itself around this survival piece and the memory of this is stored in the body not just in oh hey that happened like a nice little byline or something it's it's the felt experience of I, here's how I describe it to clients it's like Star Wars you know you could have the script in Star Wars and it says you know uh, you know here come the spaceships and here's some fighting and the stormtroopers march out and there's Darth Vader and they say these lines. But when you're in the theater, uh, you know, or hearing it on your surround sound in your living room and it's boom, 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 you're, it's the whole felt experience. And so it's the difference between the script and the experience and the experience is held in different ways from the body. And those get fragmented, those get separated from each other and walled off from the logic, the practical, because again, it's a different level of the brain. The logic gets paused whenever we're in fight or flight. We're not worried about the putting language to it. In fact, often we can't put the language to it because that's a different higher part of the brain. And so the way these things get stored is not in a logical fashion. It's in the essence of the experience. And that's what's happening in the body that gets re- um, refired <laughs> uh, whenever we have a trigger. And that's how we know because the system is trying to figure out where am I in time? What is going on? And how do I make sense of this? And there is no way to categorize it because you're not in your logical mind to go, oh, this was this, this is why, you know, and so you have to sit with the feelings to be able to bring in the healing, but you have to treat the discomfort. Does that make sense? Yeah. And there are different modalities that yeah. therapists use for that. And I, I touched 
briefly about EMDR. I don't know if you want to get into that now, um, but there's cognitive behavior therapy, there's yeah. biofeedback and neurofeedback therapy and EMDR. So um, if, if you want to maybe just, if you don't mind, just real quick, like a deep seconds dip in on each yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so cognitive behavioral therapy is great and it's a part of something that we need, which is to figure out what the distortions are kind of like our thinking glitches, but it's not enough for trauma therapy. They, now they say there is trauma focused um, cognitive behavioral therapy. Okay. So TFCBT. And yes, there are parts to it that bring in the body and, and that's why that can be helpful. But sometimes people are like, I know how to think, right? Why is this still a problem? Because it isn't a problem with your thinker. It's it's a problem with your, you know, your your level of nervous system reactivity and the excitement that's going on there, not necessarily a good excitement, right? And so EMDR is different in that it does bring in some cognitive stuff that's we call it the adaptive information processing it's like there's an adult in charge the the ultimate higher level self of i am i am a person who can know that god exists that i believe in him i know that i am a wife and a mom and a um a worker and and that i can do this and have done this and like that that higher level like reality check and then under the hood, so to speak, is like this other stuff of, but I feel this way or whatever. And so that higher level stuff that's true, we need to be able to access it. And to access it, we need to be able to connect the different parts of ourselves. So just like there are different parts of the experience, there are also different parts of ourselves. So I say it's like a brownie. You know, if I come home after a big day and I want a big um, plate of brownies, they're sitting on the table. There's a part of me. It's like, Oh, I just don't care about anything. I'm just going to have fun tonight. And I'm going to eat this whole thing of brownies. Then there's another part of me that comes in and says, I'll just have one, uh, because I'm trying to fit into that dress. And then there's another part that might be like, don't you have any brownies? You know, we're trying to get off sugar and kind of more condemning and stuff. So as we do EMDR, we're noticing parts of, if we're doing it in, in the way that I like to practice it, we're noticing those things that don't get um, integrated into the whole being they're still like out here trying to do their own thing and as we focus on we call bilateral stimulation so it can be eye movements it can be tapping on both sides of the body it can be tones that you hold what it's doing is it gives you a chance to slow down the process of a target experience and go okay so it allows the logic to come back on. It allows the past sense. It allows the protective parts. It allows the emotional disturbance in your body. It allows maybe your muscle tension to be released. We just take it part by part and notice all of the different ways that this trauma has been stored in your system. And so it lets the story, instead of the script, it lets the story kind of find its way to a resolution. And so that's why I like EMDR because it has components of CBT. It has components of solution focused therapy. It has components of what we call parts work. It has the neuro, um, you know, work in the, in the uh, reframing of, of things, but it's kind of an all encompassing thing. It's not the only way, like I said, there are many ways to deal with your spaghettis, <laughs> um, your, your strands of trauma, your strands of stuff, but the reason I like it and things like it is because you can't heal trauma without going back to the body. The body has to be involved in it. I agree completely. And that's why I love um, 
I, I know a little bit about EMDR. I know a little bit more about neuro and biofeedback therapy, but what I do love about all three of those is that it is integrating the body. It's, it's, you're putting sensors on your fingers to see about your sweat glands. You're putting a sensors on your temples to see in your head to see how the yeah. brain waves are. And it's actually showing the client that, you know, this is what your body physi physiologically is feeling. And this is what's yes. going on so that you can then adjust it, that you can calm the breathing. You can start doing the deep breathing, doing the breath work that is so pivotal, really. Exactly. Um, yeah. And kind of like changing the outcome essentially. So and you can see time. that on brain scans. Yeah. 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 I'm sure you've seen those brain scans. It's like where it was active and now it's set up. Like it's amazing. Yeah. It's fascinating. It is so fascinating. I love it so much. And, you know, I've heard people say that they had such uh, success with biofeedback and neurofeedback therapy that they chose not to go further into EMDR because EMDR admittedly can be very deep, mm -hmm. um, you know, yeah. and some people just aren't ready and that's okay. And that's, and yeah, EMDR is not magic. You know, it's right. not like the one only great thing. Like, I'm not like, oh, you know, if you were to say, what is the one thing everybody needs to heal? Jesus. <laughs> you know, yes. the Amen. other stuff are just, are just tools, right? The other things are just tools for, yeah. for the natural body to be able to catch up with what the spirit already has, right? So whether it's EMDR or biofeedback, neurofeedback, you know, exercise every day, um, it, it, it's all good. It's all good. You you know, your recipe of what brings you wholeness and healing and health is going to be different than mine and different than my neighbors and different than the person down the street. It's, it's okay. It's, you know, what works for you is, is good enough. That's like, there's no has to look like somebody else's healing. It's a lot of different ways to healing. God, God made amazing options for us. He really did. Yeah. yeah. And, and our body yeah. is brilliantly designed. And so just having the help and the tools to help it perform optimally, physically, yeah. emotionally, mentally, and spiritually, you know, it's, and that's why we need yeah. to seek out help. That's why we need community. We need other people in our corner and in our life. And we just have to be willing to ask um, for help. Yeah. So yeah. We only have a few more minutes, but I, I want to know, and we kind of, you just kind of a little bit answered that, but, you know, I was wondering if somebody is, knowing that they've been swallowing down their stuff long enough and it's time to address it. It's time mm -hmm. for them to address it. I know I was there. I was there. I kept ignoring it for years and years. And finally, God yeah. was like, no, now's the time. I know it's a great coping skill until it isn't. Yeah. Yeah. Until it isn't. Exactly. <laughs> until it isn't. Yeah. And so I had to do the deep dive and do the hard work and I had to work on my stuff. And, you know, I'm so much, happier and healthier and just more whole than I was before I started. So yeah. what would you say um, for somebody just getting their feet wet? Uh, what modality of therapy is best or any other quick win that you could provide? The quickest win is, is something you alluded to, which was breathing um, or relaxing the body. So just in that moment, like really the quickest win is to notice that you're doing like a body scan and go, okay, from head to toe, I'm just paying attention. What am I feeling and noticing? So if I do that right now, is just as we're talking, I'm like, okay, I'm noticing my shoulders are a little bit tight. And so then I ask myself, 
Why are they tight? What's what's going on right now? Oh, well, you've been sitting up instead of back in your chair, you know, just so that you could talk into the microphone, right? So it's just a postural thing. Okay, great. There's nothing really going on. I'm not really nervous. There's nothing to attend to. It's just that. But let's say that as somebody is doing that, they notice, oh my gosh, I'm like bracing. My arms are just really tense and tight. Then we'll just say, notice that. Take some slow, deep breaths in and you know, slowly release it. Maybe take a few deep breaths in for like the count of four, hold it for seven and release it for eight or four, 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 like whatever works for you. But you'll notice a shift if you just focus kind of on the breathing for a while. You're getting more from your abdominal breathing rather than the shallow breathing, right? And just slowing it down, noticing when releasing it. And if you notice tension in your body somewhere, maybe tightening it and then releasing it so you notice the difference. It's just really allowing yourself to slow it down and just physically notice what's going on. Take in the deep breaths, relax the muscles, notice where you feel uncomfortable and maybe even ask it, what are you trying to tell me? What do you need? So again, as I'm scanning myself right now, my shoulders are fine now. I still feel it, but I'm like, oh, now I'm aware that I'll make a postural change in a little bit. And so kind of letting let up. It didn't need to give me that information anymore. Sometimes just by noticing the information our bodies are telling us allows it to go, okay, she's got it. <laughs> you know, the one in charge of this body, like who who gets to tell us that we're okay is saying, no, we're fine we'll get that, you know, we're going to be all right. And so just kind of noticing and tuning in and saying, what do you need? Um, can be a huge shift. And just having that curiosity with compassion, that's the quickest way to get a, a really quick win. I love that. Yeah. I talk about breathing too so much and you're right. A lot of people do not breathe um, from their diaphragm, their shallow breathing. And so they're yeah. not getting the benefits of breathing and they're, they're kind of keeping themselves in that, um, maybe not full on fight or flight, but yeah, in heightened state. And we want to be more in that, um, rest and digest state. Exactly. More yeah. time than not for sure. Yeah. This and just much, being aware, does it? Yeah, actually just being aware. Exactly. Just taking a few minutes. You can do this in the car when you're at a red light, you know, you could do this before you jump out and go to the grocery store. You know, yeah. you could take yeah. a few minutes wherever you are to do it. So thank you for that. This yeah. is so wonderful. And I, I definitely need to have you back on the show. So yeah. um, thank you for talking and explaining about trauma. It is one of those conversations that might not be addressed very much. It might not be spoken about as much as it should, but I think people like you that are doing the work that you are doing, especially with your amazing podcast, you're Thank shedding you. the light on it. You're shining the light on it and you're, you're giving people permission to seek help and that no, they're, they're not crazy. They're not less yeah, than exactly. they just need help to work yeah. on helping their own body. We're making sense of the stuff that feels crazy you're not crazy. You survived. You're very wise, right? That's God right. gave us wise bodies that want to survive. And so right. it's, it's not crazy at all, but it's, it can feel that way. And that's, that's really the piece is that, no, you make sense. You make yeah. sense. You're not pathologized. You know, a lot of things that people stick a diagnostic label on are underlying trauma. They just had coping skills, didn't know how to, how to do differently. And then it gets kind of labeled with something. And I just, I don't believe in that. Right. I agree. How can my community find you? So mentalhealthforchristianwomen.com. 
uh, going to the website there. And um, that's the name of the podcast. That's the the website where you can, you know, if you want to ask me a question, there's a, a button there that you can ask Michelle, you know, your mental health, spiritual question. But also I have a free download there um, that is a free life audit worksheet packet. And basically it goes through the different areas of life. So different domains, like it might be emotional and physical and um, spiritual and and uh whatever. <laughs> There's a bunch on there and it gives you a way to rate them and notice them. And then to set like instrumental, um, small goals that can really move you forward into the goals that you want overall. So that's a great free download resource that, uh, I found just, it's amazingly helpful to get all that stuff that chatter inside you and put it on paper and see what you really want to strategize to get the biggest result. Right. It's a great visual. I love it. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks yeah. so much, Michelle, for coming on. I appreciate yeah. your time. Thank and, you. Um, yeah, we'll have to have you back. I'd love that. Wow. Wasn't that good? It may have been a little heavy, but hopefully it was also a little encouraging and maybe it is helping you to move the needle a little bit more if you also know like me that you needed to address some unresolved trauma, but you were really dragging your feet, continuing to stuff it down and just ignore it and compartmentalize it. But I got to tell you, if there is something that keeps coming up, some emotion or some memory that keeps coming up and it triggers you, then definitely pray about how you should handle it. Ask the Lord, seek him and ask him, how should you handle this? What are your next steps? Father God, I just pray today for the woman listening who maybe has been really struggling with this topic and just doesn't really know what her next step should be. Would you give her complete and total clarity? Would you give her complete and total peace around this topic? And Lord, would you point her in the right direction? Father God, help her to know the way that she should go. Lord, I pray that you would just surround her with your love, surround her with your peace as she begins the first step of her healing journey. Lord, we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, my friends, that's what I have for you today. I know this was a little bit longer, but I hope you got some good value. And if you did find value, please share this episode with a friend and go to Apple Podcasts and leave me a five-star review because this really does help other women just like you find the show. Treasured Wellness can also be found on Soulwin TV and Christian Mix 106. And I will have all of the links for getting in contact with Michelle in the show notes. One more thing, I have five more spaces available for this month for a complete food and lifestyle review. So this is where we take a 60-minute session and do a deep dive into your food and lifestyle habits. This is just a way for me to get a functional eye on your daily food intake. No judgment, <laughs> no shame, and learn how these little tweaks can help you begin to start feeling better. In addition, I like to send out a recording of our session as well as have that follow-up call a few weeks after just for that accountability, just to see how you're doing with the new tweaks, the new changes and the action steps that you are implementing. So if that sounds good to you, go ahead and click the link below for a food and lifestyle review. This is again a one, a one hour session. 
and I have five slots available for the month of April. So if that sounds good to you, go ahead and grab that. Okay, have an amazing day and remember you are a beautiful treasure.